Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Musgrove, joined as usual on a Monday by our Newcastle United editor, Aaron Stokes. If you're listening later on the podcast channel, you uh, hopefully will have already liked the channel, but please remember to do so if you haven't. And you will also think that we are um, very professional here and everything runs as regular as clockwork. But for those watching live on Facebook, potentially for the second time today, you will know not everything runs as smoothly. Um, what I'm alluding to is we tried to go live earlier. There was drilling work in the floor below. We had to cut it short. But for the moment, Aaron, it's all quiet. It's all silence. A touch wood. We don't get impacted again. Uh, lots to talk about. What I'm going to do first is just pop a link into the comments. We're hosting a live event on the 26th of January, which is a Thursday. You will be able to come to the Tyneside Irish Centre, which is on Gallagher in Newcastle, to uh, see myself, Aaron, Kieran Kelly, Luke Edwards from the Daily Telegraph, and Matthew Raysbeck from BBC Radio Newcastle. It's a Q&A session. It is free to attend, but you must have a ticket to get entry because we can only get 120 people into the suite. So I'm going to pop that comment, uh, that link into the comments now and do secure tickets. Over 40% of the tickets have already gone. So move fast to make sure that you have a ticket to gain entry to that on the 26th of January, 2023. Looking forward to that one, Aaron? Yeah, look, it's always a great night. Um, you know, we've done a couple over the last couple of years that have been really well received. So... Hopefully it's the same again and we raise some uh, some crucial funds for the food bank. Yeah, we'll be raising money on the night for Newcastle uh, fans' food bank through a raffle. And of course, we're hosting June the January trans window, which is what everybody wants to talk about. Um, you know, we've got so much else to talk about with the return of football. We had the friendly on Saturday, the League Cup um, on Tuesday night with a chance to get into the quarterfinal. But from a, a fan perspective, Aaron, I mean, just how excited do you think people are for January? Not only on the basis of who they may bring in, but what it means, you know, for the league table, the position, because Newcastle are flying so high. I don't think anybody would have expected them to be doing so well at this point in the season. Yeah, look, it's really refreshing to be going into January, not having to worry about, you know, making a load of signings to stay in the league as, you know, they have in the last couple of seasons. Um, and you sort of get this feeling that if, the club was somehow miraculously in this position under Mike Ashley, they would be resting on their laurels and, you know, they probably wouldn't go out and spend. And yet there's still the feeling among fans that even though they're third in the table, even though they're doing, you know, punching well above their weight, you do feel like they could go out and maybe grab one or two players as we've, we've touched on before and as I'm sure we'll touch on in the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, look, massively exciting. It's just another sort of positive thing that's coming out of the club um, as well as, you know, how well they're playing on the pitch as well. Now you mentioned there's not really the pressure to go out and, and strengthen um, like they had last journey because they weren't in, they're not, they're not in the position that they found themselves last journey, staring relegation in the face. But is there a different sort of pressure because of how well Newcastle United have done? Um, you know, we, we sit here with them third in the Premier League table. And I think whatever you predicted for the start of the season, I think it would be fair to say that if they did not 
qualified for Europe, and I am actually amazed I'm saying this, <laughs> some people would be, most people would be a little bit, I don't want to say disappointed, but given where they are, given how they perform, it would be a bit of a shock. So is there a bit more pressure, maybe in the sort of pressure to go out and make sure they strengthen suitably to guarantee that the position they are now isn't wasted come May? Potentially, look, I, I, I don't think we can beat around the bush on it. If they fail to qualify for Europe this season, it is a disaster of a season. Now, of course... A disaster It is a, a disaster of a season because, look, if, if you'd have said to me before the season, you're going to finish eighth, myself and yourself would be snapping the hand off at eighth position. But the goalposts have changed now. They're third in the Premier League table at Christmas. They've got a massive advantage over other clubs and that is that they're not playing European football. And really, they've they've gone off quite scot free at the World Cup because none of their players have got injured or um, have you know had massive sort of workloads. So it would be a disaster, in my opinion, if they didn't finish in in the top seven this season. Saying that, I don't think Eddie Howe would be saying to Dan Ashworth and the board, "Look, we need to go out and strengthen so we can keep this position." I think he'd be relatively happy with his squad. You know, he's got Isaac to come back, Maxi to come back when he's fully fit, Wilson hopefully he can keep fit. I don't think it's a necessity as it was last season and how needed those four or five players, but you would like to see maybe one in as, as one bit of quality just to sort of give them that extra edge going into Jan. Do you think it might work the other way around where maybe Dan Ashworth, maybe even those on the board, could potentially go into Teddy Howe and say, well, look, we're in this position. Um, what do you need? What do you need to make sure we do finish? third in qualifying for the Champions League. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they will. Look, they've, they've had dialogue over the last couple of months. We know they had a meeting in Saudi um, during the warm weather trip. There will be these discussions, and I'm sure Eddie Howe has got in his mind one or two positions he would love to strengthen in. But I think, let's just say, for whatever reason, we're sat here in six weeks' time and they haven't managed to bring their top target. And I don't think it's panic stations, but I think they're in a healthy position at the minute. And that is that, yes, one or two additions would be great, someone like a James Madison or something like that um, would be fantastic. But I don't think it's a necessity um, to bring in one or two next month. So Billy Gallis asks, who do you think anyhow will target in the new new year? Do you think that name, that answer to, to Billy's question there is different to what it would have been in September or August? You know, again, because of when you cast United out, or do you think we've seen enough to suggest that they like to stick you know, to the to the list of players that they have, to the list of players they've seen. I mean, anyhow, again, he referenced today in his press comments today that he's not necessarily going to be looking solely at a World Cup performance to sign a player because it doesn't always uh, transpire that player is as good as he was during the four or five weeks of the World Cup. Yeah, 100%. I think they'll have had their plan even before the World Cup kicked off. That might have changed somewhat. We know, obviously, Enzo Fernandez was mentioned in the press comments today. There's going to be a lot of players who flourished at the World Cup who are suddenly being linked with Newcastle. To answer Billy's question, I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, as, as we've said before, about Madison. It's just a name that continues to crop up um, across a number of different publications. And I feel like we've seen before with Newcastle that just because they don't sign a player in one window, you know, they don't get put off. We've seen it with Botman um, and others. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Madison, I think, you look at that team, you think as well as Joe Willock's playing a number 10 would, you know, be a, a good addition. Um, and as I've said before, maybe a backup right back. And, you know, they'll want to add depth, I think, if they're going to 
if they are going to go out and spend in January. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them going back in for like Madison, maybe Jarby in the next six months or 12 months. Quite interesting because we're coming up to now a year since Kieran Trippier and Bruno Gomeresh joined Newcastle United and, and the position that the team were in last January, much different to what they're going to be in this January. And yet they still managed to persuade those two players and, you know, let's not shy away from it, top, top class players. And we're going to speak about how Bruno Gomesh has won the Reach PLC Fans Footballer of the Year Award, beating the likes of Mo Salah and Ellen Haaland to it. Um, and Newcastle managed to persuade him to join when they were staring relegation right in the face. And yet here they are third. And I'm sure some Newcastle fans will be sitting there thinking, well, goodness me, who can we persuade to sign this January? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they pulled off fantastic coups 12 months ago with persuading Trippier to, you know, essentially leave, you know, a Champions League team, a team that's fighting for La Liga every season to come and have a go at saving the club from relegation. Fantastic work to, to somehow beat uh, Arsenal at Bruno. Um, and I think even the reports we've seen this week in other publications about them going for that um, young Georgian Napoli wonder kid, you'll, you'll notice I'm not trying to pronounce his name because it's about... 20, answer, yeah. 20 letters long. Um, but even the fact that they're being linked with, you know, someone who is seen as one of the best wonder kids in the world, you know, he's absolutely tearing up Serie A and Newcastle are sort of the only team linked with them. It shows now that they have the licence, they've got the stature, they've done enough in these 12 months that if they're persuading the likes of Botman and Trippier and Bruno to come at the start of the journey, is there really a ceiling in January and next year. I mean, there probably is. I think Mbappe and Messi and all those are obviously off the table. I'm not for a second saying that they can go out and, you know, sign anyone they want. But I think the level that they can get now is so much greater than it was last year. Where are they, do you think, in terms of their project? Because as I've just mentioned, being third in the table and having a real chance of European qualification is probably well ahead of where they expected to be. So... I think at this point, if you were being realistic before the start of this season, you would be probably looking ahead to January and still looking at the foundation of the team. Whereas now you're in a bit of a position where, yes, you still probably need to add maybe one or two uh, building blocks to ensure the foundation is solid. But you're in such a position where actually, you know, you might need a bit of a flair player, you know, someone who has to come in, to, uh, you know, two, three transfer windows earlier to just ensure you get over that line of, of European qualification. The difficult difficult balance. Yeah, of course it is. And look, that this was never the aim. I don't think anybody inside or outside the club thought that they were going to be third and, you know, potentially qualify for the Champions League this season. And you sort of, it makes you vulnerable to become a victim of your own success because all of a sudden, the expectations from outside the club just go sky high. Um which then puts pressure on, as you say, the recruitment, Eddie Howe himself, if he has a, a bad period, which he's yet to really encounter, all of a sudden, you know, the eyes are on him. So there's still work to be done on that squad, I think. I think sometimes you look at the bench and, you know, there's not a lot of quality to come off it if they're suffering with, you know, three or four injuries. So there's definitely building blocks, as you say, to come in. I think they need, I mean, look, They've done fantastically well, but I think if you're going to look at any Castle team that's going to challenge for the top four every year, challenge for the title, you need another three, four, five players of Trippier, Bruno, of Botman quality um, to make sure that they stay up there. Easier said than done, isn't it? And yeah. again, going back to how quickly they've got to the heights of the, the top of the table, it probably does in many ways throw 
um, the plans into a little bit of disarray because they are having to move maybe one step ahead than they, they would have potentially liked. But, you know, after 14 years of Mike Ashley and... We can't and, complain. Can yeah, we? limited success to say the least. No one's going to be uh, complaining at that. Um, Billy there says he'd be happy to win the League Cup, lads. Uh, yeah, I think everyone will be. And we'll get on to the League Cup in just a moment. Uh, for you, though, Aaron, one position at Newcastle probably, well, above all else, need a target in January? Um, I'd like to see them bring in another attacking midfielder. Um, I know that there's a you know debate raging at the minute as to who starts when all four of them are fit in terms of Maxi and Miggy and Isaac and Wilson. I would like to see someone who can come in and play as a number 10, sort of in that Willock role and out wide. Madison, again, we always come back with, but he really does fit the bill. Um and I just look at that team, I think, should anything happen to Trippier, I think you're probably a bit later right back with Kraft probably not going to play until the end of the season. So if I was going to have two, I think I would go a 10 and, and maybe a backup right back in Jan. Go striker. I think the fact that we're, we're sitting here, and I know Paddy Howard said Callum Wilson's not injured, but there's going to be a late call on him. But, you know, prior to him saying that, it's been a nervous couple of days, I think, for Newcastle United fans thinking, well, can Chris Wood really replace him? And I know they've got Isaac, but he's yet to be seen. Um, other than you know a couple of outings, um, yeah, you got Cure, but he's going to have to go out on loan, isn't he? He's not going to get in that first team setup. Um, I think they need another striker. Ah, uh, you know what it is? I, I think I think they'll be all right up front if Isaac can get back this month and stay fit. I think you know those sort these sort of woes that have been talked about up front is purely because they've just never had Wilson and Isaac fit at the same time. Um Chris would I think do you think even if Isaac was fit, there's enough there up top. Given given the injury concerns and given that players will just be out of form and and, and even in 90 minutes they'll just not be able to get the better of the defence. Have they got enough even with them two fit and Chris Wood to to do what they want to do. Yeah, I, I generally, I honestly think they do. Um, I mean, Chris Wood has played a lot this season. You know, Wilson hasn't managed to stay fit the full season. Isaac, obviously, he's only played a couple of games. And yes, Chris Wood isn't going to probably get you 10 or 15 goals a season in this team. But I feel like they're finding a way to play with him. Miggy's coming in with more. Maxi, obviously, when he's fit, will come in with more. Um, did you think he did enough on, on Saturday in the friendly? I know... Uh, he, got, he got the penalty, but did he do enough to um, to do to, to impress you? I don't know if "impress" is the right word, but I think I think he'll start tomorrow. And I think um, because I don't think any house got much choice. I don't know how you know quick he's going to rush Wilson back after the World Cup. Impress probably isn't the right word, but I think they are learning to play with him in the system. And I think he does a job for you. Now, look, I'm not saying I want Chris Wood to start every game until May, but I just think as a third option, he's fantastic from the penalty spot. He'll win you a lot of fouls. He he, he does the dirty stuff. I think they'll be okay with three strikers until May. Interesting. I, 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 yeah, I think go and get a striker and give Newcastle a bit more. But that's the that's the beauty of uh, football. All about yep. opinion. Let's talk about then. Um, the the league well no, actually first of all what we'll do is we'll talk about Bruno Gimresh winning the Reach PLC fans football over the year the national award now Reach PLC is our parent company that own the Chronicle and other papers across the country and Bruno was up against the likes of Mo Salah and Erlen Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne Beth Mead host of other top top class players 
and Bruno Gumresh beat every single one of them to the vote. Little shout out to Toon Pools because he may or may not have had something to do with it. But Newcastle fans got behind the vote. A lot of fans voted, uh, well over 10,000, I believe it was. Yeah. So this has been a big, big vote. And let's take our Newcastle blinkers off. Does he deserve it? Yeah, look, even I think with the with the black and white tint and spectacles off, I think I think he does because, and it's something that we touched on earlier in the live when we try to record it. A lot of fantastic players in that list, Erlen Haaland, who you know has, hasn't put a foot wrong this season, Beth Mead, who had a fantastic season for Arsenal and a fantastic women's Euros. But I think if you look at a 12-month period, all of 2022, I don't think you can say there's been a more informed player in the Premier League now. You've got to remember, you know, since March when he got, you know, thrust into the team by Howe, he has not had, you know, sort of many off days. He's had consistent runs of form. Um, that summer break just seemed to, you know, instead of holding back, it seemed to just reinvigorate him. So I generally do think he's, he's a worthy winner. Um, and I think given his stature among Newcastle fans, it's no surprise to see he won both that award and the Newcastle award. He's very happy with it. He's tweeted in response to the award being given to him and he's very happy with it and he he wants more he wants he, he said you know let's keep going uh, so that's exactly what you want to hear not a rest on your laurels i'm just wondering though because some of the players that we mentioned there you know Dylan Haaland, kevin de bruyne two absolute world class players in the same team mo salah is a man in a team again of world class players is that what bruno gomesh needs to go up to the next level he needs to be in a team full of superstars and hopefully that happens at, at newcastle yeah, potentially. Look, he's looked he's looked a step above him and Trippier have looked, you know, like they're a level above this team. And I think one of the big things to keep him at the club is making sure you've got players around him that are on the same level. Now, I don't think Bruno's in any hurry to leave, but, you know, if you're two or three years down the line and he's still sort of the biggest name at the team, you'd be thinking, have Newcastle done the recruitment right? So, look, I, I think he'll be there for years to come. He's got such a good relationship with the fans. It's very, very rare that we've seen a signing, you know, sort of in this stature at the club so soon. And, you know, it's hard to believe that he's only been there, you know, less than a year. Um, but, yeah, I think over time, you'd like to see a couple of players of his quality or better come in. As you've said, it's not easy. It won't be easy for Dan Ashworth and his team. But, um, look, I just hope he keeps doing what he's doing. And I, and I think he will. I don't think he's a flash in the pan. Um, I think he thrives on the energy that these Newcastle fans give him. And I think... He'll have a massive, massive role to play in 2023 and beyond. 100%. And what we've seen with Bruno coming in is the impact that he's had on the likes of Joe Linton and uh, and, and him and Kieran Trippier, as in Bruno and, and Trippier. It, it's no surprise that the players in and around them have started to, to pick up. You look at Miguel Almiron. I mean, it's gone a little bit under the radar, but the partnership between uh, Gumaresh and, and Almiron is, is unbelievable. I mean, off the top of my head, I think Gumaresh has got about four or five assists from Almiron's uh, batch of goals over the last uh, over the, the, the end of last season and, and this season. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Bruno's only assisted goals for Miggy Almiron at Newcastle. I don't think he's set up any other player than Miggy, which shows the partnership they've got and Trippier plays a big role in that down the right and Longstaff when he fills in for Bruno in that role. Is, is fitting in like a glove. So, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And look, we don't need to tell Newcastle United fans how brilliant he's been, but it's good to see that, you know, the national vote, it wasn't just the Newcastle vote that he won. He, he's also clearly impressed Premier League fans as well. Yes. 
Yes, uh, so brilliant to see Gamma get that accolade. Um, you mentioned there Sean Longstaff. Lots of attention on him. Listeners of this podcast will know I've been I've been critical in, in previous months. Uh, I think mean you've had a discussion about it. People in the comments have also um, told me what they think of him. Um, again, all about opinion. But he has um, performed well in recent uh, games. There's a lot of praise for him uh, against Ray Vallecano. Is he at the level that he was when he first burst onto the scene under Ralph Benitez at Newcastle United, or, or at the very least, is he is he getting back to that? This is this is I think the closest we've seen him get to back that 2019 period where everyone thought, you know, he was going to essentially go on to what to become essentially what Declan Rice has become. Um, when there was those sort of ludicrous debates between the two sets of fans as to who was the better midfielder, but yeah, look, take nothing away from him. He, he had a big setback under Bruce, and you know injuries haven't helped, but. He's faced a lot of critics this season. A lot of fans that have said he's not good enough for the level. Um, expected to move on. And look, Eddie Howe trusts him implicitly. Um, he's he's been in the team so often this year, and he he's he's not as flashy. He's you know he doesn't do what Bruno does, and you know he's probably not as attack minded as Willick. But you know he's sort of like the the water carrier. You know he really does. Well, Craig Lax in the comments has just you know hit the nail on the head with what I'm just about to say. That work rate. What he does off the ball, the way he presses opponents, um, you know, viewers of this podcast will know, um, you know, pretty much every week I'm saying the same thing about him, and that is that he just grafts so much. So he's the exact type of player Eddie Howe wants in that team, and it's someone who will run through a brick wall with uh, fear. And I think we've seen him, you know, improve in a lot of aspects this season under Howe's guidance. Does it make John Joe Shelby's return to the start eleven a little less certain because? I think when Shelby first went out, and, and and this goes for you know previous seasons when Shelby's been out of the team as well, you notice you know he seems to his uh, reputation seems to, to grow for the better because everyone is saying oh but we're missing John Joe Shelby, and I think a lot of people would have expected him to be straight back into that side. We know Eddie Howe is a big fan, but given how well Longstaff how well Longstaff's performing. It's not so certain, is it, that Shelby gets straight back into the into the eleven? No, I think it was a time at the start of the season when we did miss him. Um, we missed his creativity, and that was probably you know before they went on this amazing sort of winning run. I think there was a lot of course to come back. Now it's such a headache because Bruno is sort of undroppable. Willick is playing fantastic. Longstaff does all the dirty work and has hardly put a foot wrong of late. And Joe Linton's also proven that he's not a flash in the pan. That's instantly four. There's only three positions. Shelby's got to come back. Anderson, we all thought, would get loads of game time, but he hasn't, you know, in that sort of number 10 role. So big sort of positive dilemma to have for Eddie Howe because he's got five names that he could easily pick. But I think Shelby is going to have to work really, really hard um, to stay in this team, or sorry, to win back his place in this team and then to stay in this team. Because at the minute, I don't think he gets in that midfield. You mentioned there Joe Linton and, and Craig's made another uh, point here. In his opinion, Max, he was mediocre against Vallecano and he thinks that the team functions better now with Joe Linton out on the left, which is an interesting point because if Joe Linton does move out on the left, maybe on the other side, you then have space in the middle. Um, but, but I was going to say for Shelley, but actually you don't because it'd be Willick, Bruno and Longstaff for many people. And again, Shelby's the one banging on the door. But uh, where does Joe Linton fit into all of this? I think it's a again, it's a good dilemma to have. I think when Eddie Howe first tried it at the, earlier this season, when he moved Joe Linton into attack, everyone was thinking, hmm, what's going on here? Um, 
but I think it offers the team a lot more balance. I think Joe Linton, um offers a lot more defensively in that position than Maxi does, um, and maybe even more than Fraser and Murphy. So it's good to see that Joe Linton isn't just sort of constricted to that midfield anymore and that we can actually move him a bit further forward. I don't think we've seen a massive improvement in his attacking game. I don't think, you know, you'd ever want him starting in that sort of left of the three if Maxi was, you know, anywhere near fully fit. But I think it's it does sort of ease the pressure on how if he doesn't want to move Joe Linton a bit further up and it allows Bruno or Charlie. Oh, that's an interesting take. So let's say tomorrow. Uh, well, not tomorrow because uh, Joe Linton did pick up a knock, didn't he? Um, so that's in a few weeks' time, start um, start of January perhaps, and everyone's fit. Everyone's fit and raring to go. <laughs> it sounds like you're maybe on the road to to putting Joe Linton on the bench. Um, see, this is why Eddie Howe's paid the big bucks, and I'm not <laughs> because I'd be sat scratching my head about this one. I think if they're all fit, I think you'd have to have Maxi in the start and eleven. No. Are, are you, would you would you bench him? I just think Joe Linton, in my view, has been the most consistent performer over, this season. Over Maxi on the left, you would you would have Joe Linton playing left wing over fully fit St. Max. I think I don't think he's. I think the times he's played there, I don't think he's done too much. Well. Yeah, I think I think, I think what we what we're at the stage now of is discipline. We need discipline across the whole team to make it work. You know, me one for all he goes forward and scoring goals. He's still putting the effort coming back. He's still, you know, it gives something to that team across, you know, all areas of the pitch. Maxi is is great going forward, and yes, he frightened Kyle Walker, and everyone says that he frightened Kyle Walker um, when he last had his proper outing against Manchester City, didn't he? But um, you know, I saw a few comments about his performance against Ray Valacano, where you know he looked like he had plenty in his legs and he was running and he was running, but did he do enough to? to really force his way back into that side. I think in an ideal world, you would keep Joe Linton in the middle because I think he's proven himself to be able to get up and down the pitch. Um, but interestingly, I would say that if Joe Linton could find the back of the net, which is which is the argument a lot of people have about St. Maximum as well, yeah. then why not have um, then why not have Joe Linton on the left? If Joe Linton, if Joe Linton was a 10 or 15 goal a season player, you would stick him on the left. I think he's done that well in recent games. But I don't know, Maxi, I feel like Maxi's just got this hold over me where I'm always wanting him to do well. And I feel like he, I feel like a fully fit Maxi, it's a big call to drop him. And I think if if everybody's fit... It's a big call to reinstate him at this point. Well, yeah, I think if you're, if you're asking me in a couple of weeks' time who's and they're all fit, I think Jolton goes back at the midfield... Maxi comes back in and you'd have Bruno and and it's going to go against everything I've just said against Longstaff, but I think you have Willick in the 10 and Longstaff. But this is what we're talking about. Longstaff off the bench 12 months ago, not that inspiring. Now, there's so many places in the midfield. Having a player like him off the bench, energetic. Look, I, yeah, I, I don't envy Eddie Howe having to make those decisions because... Um, yeah, it's not easy. It's, it's a, yeah, I'm going to be thinking about this one for a while. Sorry, we'll come back in a month's yeah. time and just, <laughs> and just see when they're all see fit. Hopefully, time. I think what's really interesting is before the World Cup break, in the, the couple of weeks, three weeks before that, you were looking at it and thinking, Well, has Sean Longstaff done enough? Has Joe Willick done enough? And then they all found form in a similar time. And Joe Willick's starting to, you know, show why he has to pay all that money from Sean Longstaff 
you know, doing the, the work in the background. So it's fantastic to see because I think the decision, whether it be Max's decision on Xavi, probably would have been a little bit easier had those two not picked the form. And yet, you know, it's it's quite similar to, to last January, actually, isn't it? When all of a sudden you had three players in the middle, top of the game, mm-hmm. Sean Longstaff actually wasn't doing too bad out of the side either when he was coming in, wasn't he? And then mm-hmm. you had Bruno who had signed and couldn't get into the squad. Look, Eddie Howe, since he's came in, has never really had a, a period where he hasn't had, you know, a good 14, 15 options to start because we've seen it over the last 12 months. Emil Kraft before his injury came in and really saved his Newcastle career. Longstaff stepped it up when he needed to. Willick stepped it up when he needed to. John Joe Shelby before his injury, you know, everybody was, you know, coming out of the club and saying, God, we've never seen Shelby work this hard. He was in Turkey working on his fitness, you know, which under Bruce would have been unheard of. Everybody, when they've had to, you know, really, really grind for their place in the team, have done that. So credit to Halfer instilling that belief and that sort of mentality that you really do need to work in this team. Um, it just so happens that he's probably called himself a couple of headaches. Um on the basis of that but yeah look really, it, really good dilemma to have for him yeah um did the starting 11 against Ray Valcano give you any hints do you think about what we're going to see on Tuesday night against Bournemouth um if you'd asked me two or three days ago who would start in goal I would have said Carrius now I think it's probably Nick Pope I think everybody was surprised to see Pope and Trippier on the starting 11 on Saturday I don't think anybody thought they'd be brought back in that quickly um, I think Chris would start because, as we've touched on, I don't think Wilson's um, the you know the sort of what Eddie Howe's been saying the last couple of days. It doesn't sound like he's going to rush him back. The midfield, you know, we don't know how serious Joe Linton's knock was. We know he trained last week, but obviously he wasn't involved on Saturday. Um, I think the start eleven we see on Tuesday against Bournemouth won't be too dissimilar from what we saw um, Saturday. I don't think there'll be wholesale changes. Um, and I think Eddie Howe will probably give it another game or two before he starts rushing back all these players that, um, albeit didn't play very much at the World Cup, but were obviously away for two or three weeks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I think caught many people off guard, the fact that Nick Pope and Kieran Trippier both, yeah. both started, but it shows their willingness to, to play and get back into the swing of things. And um, it was great. It was great to see. And the importance as well of getting a win, another win in these these mid-season friendlies and, and getting that momentum and that ball rolling, absolutely vital. Yeah, massively. Look, the, the friendly against Valacorno, it wasn't a thriller and I think Newcastle weren't at their best, but at least they're, they're trying to pick up that momentum again. They're getting wins. We saw it in, in Saudi as well with that comfortable win. It'll be giving them a lot of confidence that they can just pick up where they left off um, before the World Cup. And look, it's getting minutes into the legs. It was good to see Shelby and Maxi um, start on Tuesday. Hopefully Maxi's injury um, and that knock he picked up right at the end isn't too serious, but a good run out for them. And I think Bournemouth will give them a good test tomorrow. So let's run through the team then. We're going Nick Pope. Yeah. Kieran Trippier. Yeah. Botman. Yeah. Partnered with Lascelles. Lascelles. And then at left back, Target or Burn. 
Matt Target. Matt Target. So is there, where, where's Dan Byrne? Have I missed something I've been away? No, look. It, um, not getting in. He, he wasn't in the squad Saturday. We know that they had a um, a behind-closed-doors game with Middlesbrough at the back end of last week. So it's we don't really know too much about that um, game as to who played in it. But I think... Um, you know, there might just be some tired bodies from that. So I think Target probably starts with Burn, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Burn back in, given that, you know, as far as we know, he hasn't he hasn't picked up anything. Been in great form, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, then the midfield three, are we looking at what? Shelby, Willick, Gumeresh? I think it's probably Willick and Longstaff therefore start, and I would say maybe Joe Linton comes back in for Shelby. It, it, like I say, it depends obviously how serious that knock was. It didn't look too bad last week in Saudi. He was sat on the bench after it and he did trade towards the back end last week with Chris Wood, but then obviously he wasn't involved Saturday. So I think I'll go Shelby, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan comes in for Shelby in that role. And then Maxi, if it, Miggy, and then Chris Wood up top. If Maxi survives the knock, then maybe, but I think I'd be leading more towards Murphy, Miggy. Would Newcastle to win? Are Newcastle going to be in the quarter final of the League Cup? Come yeah, I think forward? they will. I think um, Eddie Howe stressed again this morning in his press conference how keen he is to you know have a really good stab at this cup and how it's his dream to win something at Newcastle. I think they'll go strong. I think they'll you know really really treat it as a as a Premier League game or you know a big important competitive clash. Um, and yeah, I think I think they'll go through. Adam Smith. Bournemouth player uh, has spoken to the Bournemouth club website, basically saying, as you may expect, that his side are, are raring to go. Um, he said, we've reached the quarterfinals of the League Cup three times uh, since he's been at Bournemouth. Newcastle away is going to be a very difficult game. But we've had a couple of training games during the break and have been working hard. I know we'll be raring to go on Tuesday. Uh, they also, he also reveals that, uh, I mean, this will be known to Bournemouth fans, that... Um, they went to Dubai for a warm with our training camp. Uh, so they were in the same uh, region as Newcastle were. Uh, so it was good to get away, to get some hard training in the heat, stuff on the body, working in the cold, it affects your joints and your tendons are stiffer. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, Bournemouth going through a, a, a period of transition themselves, just been taken over by uh, Bill Foley, isn't it? And uh um, you know, very interesting character, some interesting quotes coming from him about how he's a bit of a dictator in the boardroom and, and what have you, and we'll not concern ourselves too much with that. But, um, you know, it's Gary O'Neill's first uh, game as permanent manager as well, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. So not only has he got the chance to lead Bournemouth into the quarters of, of a cup competition, um, and take the scalp of Newcastle, which everyone seems to be after these days, he's also got the chance to win um, his first game as permanent manager of the side, which will add to the to the many reasons he'll want to, to beat Newcastle tomorrow. Yeah, they'll have lots of motivation coming up tomorrow. And I think they've already proven this season um, that they'll give Newcastle a tough game. You know, Eddie Howe spoke about it this morning, about how he was very frustrated after that Bournemouth game at St James's Park this season because of how um, they really, really restricted Newcastle. You know, we all sort of came away from that game thinking they should have won it. And it was that little period where they just... Know, couldn't find their shooting boots. Um, so look, it'll be a tough game. Um, interesting to see what side he puts out and you know how they've been affected by the, the break. But I think you know you've got to be confident going into that tomorrow, given what he how said, given you know the run of form they've been on, uh, and the fact that we know it'll be a strong 11. Mm. 
there's been a virus as well, which has gone through the, the Bournemouth camp. So it'd be interesting to see how that affects the, the starting eleven that he, he can put up. But yeah, that Bournemouth game Pierre was was an absolute dire one to watch. It was not a was not a pretty game, but you just feel back at St James Park under the lights with the quarterfinal at stake, war flags pulling out all the stops. Uh, you just feel with Christmas around the corner as well. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a really special atmosphere on Tuesday. It's a big, big opportunity, isn't it, to to really show you mean business and just take that step forward in this cup competition when Newcastle, as we've said, have a real opportunity to win. Yeah, I think we saw obviously massive crowd on Saturday for a friendly. This game's been sold out for weeks. A lot of fans really, really eager to get back to St James's Park after what feels like a lifetime of you know not being there for a competitive game. So yeah, I think it'll be a good atmosphere. Eddie Howe's sort of already called for. Um, you know, a really rousing support from the, from the crowd, but I don't think that's ever in doubt. Really, um, can't beat a game or other lights, can you? So it's going to be a good one, and we'll have all the coverage live on ChronicleLive.co.uk through our live blog. Um, let's just talk a bit more about Alexander Isaac. We haven't seen a lot of him, unfortunately. Injuries um, have or injuries has hit him. Um, what is the latest? with him why after all this time is he still not ready to, to feature for Newcastle United well in as Newcastle entered the the winter break we all thought that he was gonna you know the aim was to get him back for Bournemouth you know he was training on the grass out in Saudi um you know trying to sort of refine his fitness and you know Eddie Howe insists that there hasn't been a setback he hasn't you know re-injured that thigh or anything like that but they just don't feel like he's ready um or at least Eddie Howe doesn't think he's probably ready to start tomorrow. Um, I think it's probably wise. I think if you can, you know, you don't want to be rushing him back. I mean, we've already seen that Maxi, you know, came back on Saturday and, and picked up the knock straight away. So, Ratman and Cotton will fall, I'm concerned, especially if there's anything wrong with Wilson. I think just take your time with him um, and make sure he's back up to speed before you, before you get him in. And I think, given that he's already suffered a setback to that thigh injury, I think they'll just be very, very careful with him over the next couple of days and weeks. Refreshing those because some managers, some teams, when a player is 85, 95, or let's even say 100% fit, now there's a difference between being match fit and fit, would just throw their star striker straight back in and just really cross everything that they don't pick up and knock or don't you know, pull um, the hamstring, whatever it is. But Newcastle aren't doing that, despite the fact that actually, they really actually do need him. They, they do need him because Wilson doesn't seem to be Again, a hundred percent, you know, and just to have a different option because he's clearly a talented player. Um, but Newcastle are, are, are willing just to take their time with him, which is, as you say, the right, the right, the right move. Yeah, look, there's a huge climate to see him, especially given the price tag, especially given the fact we've only seen him for three games since he joined. So I think other managers would definitely be keen to throw him in. Eddie Howe knows, I think, more than most that you know he's really struggle to keep these attackers fit in recent months, whether it's Wilson or Max or Isaac. He'll just want them all back in together so that he can really sort of look at how they all go or how they all play together going forward. So I, I think it's a it's the right decision. Um as I said earlier, I think Chris Wood in a game like Bournemouth at home will do a job. Um and I think you know that there is no need to be really be rushing Isaac back if you don't really, really need to. Hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with. You. Every time I look over to you, I feel like you're, you're going to burst into song with these with these new mics. These we've got. New I know. Mics. If anyone not watching on Facebook, 
We've got lovely new equipment, which does make you feel like you're in a recording studio, doesn't it? So I want to record a Christmas number. Well, that's what I'm feeling like. Nobody would buy that. I'm a terrible singer. Yeah. So. Me too. Nobody wants to hear me sing either. Um, we'll finish off. I would just briefly talk about that World Cup final, a tremendous World Cup final. I was so glad, you know, it didn't end just 2-0. I was willing yeah. to have a bit of drama, a bit of entertainment. And uh, I think I might have been the only man in the world to be shouting for France to... <laughs> to, to get back, I wasn't really fussed about fans. I just wanted a bit of drama, and mm-hmm. it was uh, we 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 got it. It was tremendous. Uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, look, fantastic game. I had a lovely Sunday off. I thought I'm going to have a nice, relaxing Sunday on the sofa watching it, and I was honestly so tired after watching it. It was such an exhausting watch because of you know it being end to end. And when Martinez made that save in the last minute of extra time, I just thought you know I was going to faint. It was absolutely fantastic. One of the best games I've ever seen, and. Um, you know, a perfect game to end what's been, you know, quite a ridiculous World Cup in terms of results and performances. So, yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant um, and the perfect way to sort of get us back in the mood for club football, I think. And everyone got what they wanted, Lionel Messi signing yeah, off. Exactly. With the World Cup, it was a, it was a fantastic game. Um, anybody realistically stand out for you in the in the, in the final that Newcastle you could potentially look at in January? Um, look, Eddie Howe was asked, you know, point blank this morning as to whether he likes Enzo Fernandez, who obviously won the young player of the tournament for Argentina. Um, I'm sure Newcastle United would love to have a stab at signing him. Um, although Eddie Howe did say the price tag might be a bit too high. Um, look, a lot of players will have done a lot of good. That Turam who came on early for France. Um, he's got mistaken, a, though. He got booked for diving. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not alive look, with that. He's got, a, he's got a very, very close bond with Maxi, which is what we like to see. Um, you know, Newcastle have been linked with them in the past. I think there's a lot of players that, you know, put themselves in the shop window across the tournament. Um, and I'm sure Eddie Howe's team will have had a very close eye on it. 100% would be interesting to see what happens going in to January. Now, this has been the I Think is Black and White podcast. And this is the last episode between me and Aaron before Christmas. So we wish you guys well. We hope you have a lovely Christmas. I think we'll be back, hopefully, in some form before the new year when yeah. there's you know, a couple of games to cover. Um but in the meantime, you have a lovely Christmas, guys. Stay safe out there and please do remember to hit subscribe either on YouTube or the podcast channel and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep it with all the latest Newcastle United news, including everything Eddie Howe had to say in his press conference on Monday and, of course, live coverage through our dedicated live blog of Newcastle versus Bournemouth in the AFL Cup.